Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with all of the guys, uh, Roger and Neil and John, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Great. Good, Bob. Thanks. Doing great, Bob. How are you? Well, good. Always good talking to you. This week, we're going to talk a lot about... AI, artificial intelligence. There's a lot of things to unpack, and it seems to be the debate at a fever pitch right now. You've got Jeffrey Hinton, who's considered the, quote, godfather of AI. He resigns from Google. He says, I've got some real concerns about where AI is going to go, these chat bots and the whole thing. So we're going to talk about that for most of this podcast. But before we get into that, there is kind of an elephant in the room, a big news story this week. Where Donald Trump, as you know, on Tuesday, he was found guilty by this New York jury of not rape by this woman, E. Jean Carroll, but for sexual abuse and defamation. The accusation from her that back in 1995, Donald Trump took her into a dressing room forcibly and forcibly raped her in the dressing room. Now, that's the accusation that she has made and the jury has basically said we don't think he's guilty of the rape but we are going to say that he's guilty of some kind of sexual abuse we don't know what that would be probably groping or something i don't know uh so let's talk about this first a little bit and i'll just say right now guys I don't believe these charges at all. I think this is a jury in New York, probably mostly Democrats, probably mostly anti-Trumpers. They can't stand him. And I think they felt like we don't like him. We don't like his boorish character. We don't like the things that he has said in the past, like the infamous Access Hollywood tape, which was all allowed to be played in the courtroom. And so I think it was a sense of we think he is a pig, or at least back then was a pig. And so therefore... We don't want to let him walk out of here scot-free. So we want to we want to charge him with something. We want to punish him somehow, some way. The evidence does not support that he raped this woman at all. That's illogical, and there's zero evidence for that. So let's come up with some excuse to hit him with $5 million that he has to pay her. We'll say it's defamation, and we'll say that it's sexual abuse. Okay, well, here's what doesn't make sense to me about this, and this is what I want to throw on the table. First of all, from the perspective of the jury, why do they – if they believe it's not rape but it is some kind of sexual abuse, call it groping or whatever, then isn't the jury saying that we think that this woman lied about Donald Trump because she claimed she was raped by him? And so if she made that claim, isn't she the one defaming him? So to me, that this is a post-truth jury who says – Truth is what our feelings are, and our feelings are we don't like Donald Trump. We want to hit him with something because this makes no sense at all. Either the woman lied or she told the truth. If they believe she lied about the rape, why would they then create something new that she didn't claim happened, this so-called sexual abuse? Uh, I think the whole thing is absurd, not because 
I think it's beneath Donald Trump's character to be a womanizing pig. He, he was back then, certainly. But it's just not logical. There's no way somebody as famous as Donald Trump, Donald Trump walks in any room, any store, gets on any plane, everybody's whispering and pointing and pulling out their phones. There's just not a chance somebody who's that visible, that known, that famous, and watched by that many people is going to go into a dressing room and forcibly rape a woman. Come on, you could feel people unbuckling, unbuckling their belts in the dressing room next to you, let alone raping a woman. This just, to me, is illogical, and it's another example of let's find somehow some way to punish Donald Trump by accusing him of something that the evidence doesn't support. That's my rant on that, but I'm kind of curious what you guys think going around the table. Anybody? Almost 30 years ago, no proof um, of any kind, no solid evidence other than her telling some other individuals what happened, and they even encouraged her at that point to go to the police and report it and so on, which she never did. And then she's also got other allegations where she's done similar things to other individuals. Uh, to me, it's just not a lot of credibility, and I would agree with you on your statement about the jury. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's what's what's happened here. I mean, Neil, what's what's your take on this? Well, you know, I just so you know, I'm a sexual abuse survivor, so I'm of the mindset that sexual abuse survivors should be believed. But let me also say that, you know, I mean, we saw it in the Me Too movement with like the conviction of Harvey Weinstein and stuff. Powerful people who think they can get away with things, which, by the way, Trump talked about verbally, you know, the idea that when you're famous, you can grab women in the crotch and get away with it. Um, is it out of out of the realm of possibility that something happened? No, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But you're, I, I also fully agree with what you just said, Bob. If she said she was raped and the jury didn't agree with her, then the case should have been thrown out, dismissed, because uh, you're right. She's either telling the truth or she's lying. And if they don't believe that uh, she was actually raped, then it needs to be dismissed. However, uh, I do think that there was political motivation here. And, you know, people would be ganging up on Joe Biden if somebody was going to for and people have people have made accusations. But when when the media gets behind it and, you know, people want to jump on the bandwagon, uh, you can take you can take powerful people down these days. And I I think, you know, if uh, if he actually did it, then he should be convicted. But it, Bob, you're right. I mean, a, a superstar anywhere draws attention. Um so, you know, the bottom line is I think that uh, if Donald Trump was actually, you know, in a department store, people would have noticed. And and by the way, what can you really get away with in a dressing room? I, I maybe, you know, maybe some form of inappropriate touching or, you know, some kind of inappropriate behavior. But uh, but those places aren't soundproof by any means. And people are going to if you're famous, people are going to follow you in there to find out what's going on. So right. uh, I, I think it's very sketchy, to be honest yeah. with you. And, you know, let me just say. This, again, represents, as far as I'm concerned, uh, an effort on the part of any anybody who's, uh, you know, liberal or progressive to shut down anybody that represents conservatism. And that doesn't mean that conservatives never fail or, or make mistakes. But, you know, the reality is there is a distinct effort to squash religious freedom, to squash um, patriotism and all of it. And, you know, we need to fight for freedom. We need to fight for what's right and for truth, et cetera. And thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm just going to mention them here because they're one of our partners. And we know that the church and religious freedom are under attack in America. I don't think that this is a, an example of that, but but we know that it is. And Alliance Defending Freedom is committing, 
committed to uh, defending our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we got to do our part. We got to join the fight. And I just wanted to mention today, we need 40 people to donate to our partners at Alliance Defending Freedom. $50 donated at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And let's take a stand for religious freedom. I don't know if you guys heard the story about the woman in Oregon suing the state because officials there refused her application for adoption on one basis that she would not agree to take the children to get hormone replacement therapy for transgender confusion. I mean, the First Amendment guarantees that state governments don't get to choose which religious or ideological views they prefer and which ones they don't. So when government discriminates in that kind of way and prevents people of faith from opening their homes for adoption or foster care, ultimately it's the children who suffer, and kids deserve better than that. So thank God Alliance Defending Freedom agreed to take her case and it's going to fight for her freedom and I believe they'd do the same for, for us. They would. And they never charge a dime to any of their clients. So trust me, when this day happens to you and I, we're going to want the attorneys from Alliance Defending Freedom on our side. So donate $50 or $100 at Crawford Media Group and click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner. In less than 60 seconds, we can help defend our fellow Americans, including each one of us. Um, but if we don't help ADF defend religious freedom, it's not going to be long before it's gone. So click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And Roger, I don't know what your thoughts are about this Trump thing, but it's troubling and representative of the fact that we live in a very partisan society and there are people that don't want anyone who represents conservatism to have a voice. No, of course not. And this is one of the biggest issues. I mean, the underlying theme here, you, you could get into the debate on the Donald Trump case about, you know, how do you define uh, the charges, you know, that were brought against him and, you know, what was he, quote unquote, convicted of or found liable for. But at the end of the day, there are people on both sides of the aisle that are saying, OK, we want to have an impact on the election. We don't want Donald Trump elected. And so if Donald Trump isn't elected, then who is going to be? If we have more, four more years of what we've got right now, that means your taxes are going to skyrocket. It means the government's going to uh, step, you know, even further into your own business. And what happens to your retirement? What happens to your retirement money that you've been working so hard to save that you've been trying to steward uh, based on the way God has blessed you? And I, I'm grateful Dennis Wilson's our partner here on the National Crawford Roundtable because he finds ways, he finds solutions. It's Wilson Financial uh, Services has alternatives to what happens in the market and what's available and what your main big line broker will try to sell you, whether it be a, a, an alternative to the traditional bank CD or an art alternative to the real estate investment trust, your life insurance, you name it. Dennis has those options for you that don't lose money, that have, uh, I won't say hidden benefits, but extra benefits like long-term medical care that's not available anywhere. And you really owe it to yourself to click on the Wilson Financial Advisor banner when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or to call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, and set up a no-cost uh, consultation and just let them take a look at the, the the resources that you have and where you are in your situation and then uh, what it looks like for the future. Because, guys, let's face it, I mean, we, we could argue the fine points of the Donald Trump case, and quite frankly, I think a lot of it's just semantics. I mean, it's New York state law. We're, you know, we're talking, you know, some people are saying, well, these are rape allegations. Well, there's a big difference between rape and, quote-unquote, sexual assault, you know, I mean, the fact that assault versus assault and battery, you know, for I mean, that, that's from what I've been reading about this case, that's what it appears is going on here is there's a lot of semantics, a lot of New York state law. The access Hollywood tape is now all of a sudden admissible because it's him talking about things that you know he did. And that's deemed sexual assault in New York law. So, I mean, it really you can get stuck in the weeds on this. The appeal will drag on. Alvin Bragg has moved his case up now to October instead of next January as far as the trial goes. So you know that this is going to be a show pony for the left. 
um, you know that the MAGA supporters are going to dig in even deeper. The reality then, I guess Neil brought this up, is what happens to the mushy middle? What happens to the independents? What happens to the no party preference people who are sitting on the fence saying, you know, Trump is kind of a jerk, but, you know, he did get a lot of stuff done. And on the other hand, it's like, nope, there's no way I would not vote for him. But who am I going to pick? I mean, it really does kind of create confusion. And I think that kind of confusion and deception, that's something the enemy specializes in. That's something that he really is, is, is yeah. he, just flicking his chops on saying, this is good. I want to confuse Christians. I want to confuse people who don't know about the true truth. And it kind of leads us into our main conversation today about, well, what is real truth and what is artificial truth and what is quote unquote intelligence about this artificially generated world that we're moving into? It's really crazy. Well, and that is where we are going to shift the conversation. So as far as the Trump thing goes, though, I guess one final thought. I don't know if this is going to help him or hurt him, but I think there's a chance that this could actually help him with some independent voters if they actually take the time to put two and two together, have a light bulb go off over their head and say, wait a minute here. Uh, the jury is saying, we think you lied about being raped by him, but we're going to we'll say that he has to give you $5 million for him defaming you when you falsely accused him of rape uh, and then you the jury decides, well, we're going to say he sexually assaulted her but did not rape her. Well, that's not the claim that was made by this woman. So she lied. She defamed Trump and she's the one that's due money from him. If the light bulb goes off over the heads of any of these independent voters, then they're they're liable to go, hey, you know what? I don't like Trump's personality. He does seem like a boorish pig sometimes. But you know something? It's not right to accuse somebody falsely of rape and then make him have to pay you for falsely accusing you because you got mad and said you lied about it. Well, it turns out the jury says Trump was right when he said he that she lied about him raping her and then he's got to pay her. So I, I don't know if the independents are going to put that two and two together or not. That's, I guess, what's left to be seen. Yeah, okay, uh, let me just jump in and say, Bob, I think what you're saying is possible, but I don't think it's plausible. I mean, we live in a world where perception is reality for most people. Mm -hmm. And this is just one more millstone hung around his neck. And why, you know, why are they so against him? Well, he is a, a boorish pig at times. And I think there's the personality thing. Some people just can't stand his personality. But the reality is, He's the he's the biggest obstacle to their progressive agenda. Right. So right. you got to take him down. But I mean, if you, if we can hang one more millstone on him, and and it, that's a heavy lift. People would have to do all that thinking you're talking about to avoid the conclusion that hey, he was found guilty. Period. That's it. He was guilty. Therefore, he must be guilty. But the reality is that jury said he didn't rape her. That's what the jury I know, said. I know. So, but you yeah. know what? We live in a post-truth world, and today's liberal progressivism is whatever my feelings are, that's what truth is. I, okay. I don't care about justice. I don't, you know, I don't care if uh, the Biden family – I don't care if Joe Biden is mentally declined and he can't even function as president. I don't care if the Biden family was lining their pockets with, with even bribe money potentially. That doesn't matter. All that matters to me is orange man bad. I don't want him in there. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess truth doesn't doesn't matter these days or truth is whatever you feel like it is if you can get my enemy then do it do it it's it's no longer it's no longer whether you win or lose it's how you play the game it's it's uh all that matters is whether you win the game it doesn't matter how you play and it's just really unfortunate it's turned into that uh we do want to talk about artificial intelligence though and as we shift the conversation into this 
we got to remember, there are advancing technologies. And technology is a, I mean, it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing, depending on how it's used. There are areas where technology is used in a good way. And one of them, you hear me talking about on this podcast all the time, we never hear me talking about preborn. There's some technology that's being used here, folks. You go back a few decades, people didn't know what a picture of an unborn baby looked like. Ronald Reagan famously said that he switched from pro-abortion to pro-life when he saw his first ultrasound image. When ultrasound images started coming out, he was like, hey, wait a minute, this is a baby after all. This isn't just a clump of tissue. Well, this is why preborn is so important because preborn, this is the group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And when those moms see a picture of their baby, they choose life almost all the time. They don't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. They let their baby live. So here's what it comes down to. Somebody's got to pay for these ultrasound images. It takes money. It doesn't come free. That's where you folks in this audience come in. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. 28 bucks. Now, we've had a lot of you that have given already. We appreciate that. For the rest of you, here's what I'm asking of you. A one-time gift, take $28 times fill in the blank. What is that number? Whatever number God lays on your heart. Is it 10 babies, 100 babies, 1,000 babies? Whatever you can do, come up with a number, 28 times whatever that number is, and then that will be your lifelong legacy in your family of how many abortions you stopped. Would you make that one-time gift right now to preborn? Here's how you do it. Go online, just go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. And if you want to give over the phone, the answer to the phone is 24-7. You can call anytime. Call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, if you would. And we thank you, folks, for doing this. As we're talking about now artificial intelligence, And it's amazing to see what's happening in the news. So many people talking about this and the concerns coming out as well. You've got this guy, Jeffrey Hinton, who some refer to as the godfather of AI, resigns from Google over his concerns about artificial intelligence going too far. You got these chat bots and the chat GPT where people are engaging in conversations. And then you're wondering, is this even a real person I'm talking to or not? Uh, So how scary is artificial intelligence getting? And then, of course, there's the privacy concerns as well. John, I can only imagine how your eye must twitch about some of the privacy issues surrounding artificial intelligence. So what do you think about this overall? And is it a net plus? Is it a net negative? What do you think about AI? Like anything else, the Internet, it depends on how we use it. It could be a Mm -hmm. net positive. It could be a net negative. I'm using, you know, ChatGPT and and some things that it has going on in a very positive way. I use it with my business clients and different things that I do. It'll it will write all sorts of different things for you. It'll help you organize things. I mean, there's a lot of things that it does that help again, me understand. Help me understand that. Tool. Help me understand that because you're so far advanced in this area from where I am. I don't even know what. Chat GBT, GPT okay. is. I mean, I've heard of it, of course, and I want, and I know this, this AI chat bot kind of thing where it, mm-hmm. but what does it actually do for you in a real life practical sense? How do so you, it, how does it, how do, how do you manifest its use? 
it's a it's a website. I guess would be the All best right. way to say it. That's All the right. first thing you do is you go to the ChatGPT website. You do have to put in a you know username. You log in with an account, and the reason you do that is because you can then categorize and keep track of the things that you've been working on. So, for example, with me, let's say that I want to write a procedure for something in my business. I can say chat. You know, I can say you just type into the into the search box, I guess you could say. I don't know how else to say it, but you just type in, create a procedure for XYZ and include the following. And you wait, I don't know, 10 seconds or so at the most, and it'll pop out everything that you just asked it to do. You can go in and then, you know, copy and paste that into a document and modify it accordingly, and away you go. I mean, it will really? do everything, including... I used it the other day, guys, actually to write an ad for my show. I mean, it, I can literally put in the bullet points of the advertiser and what I want it to say, and it will shoot out the things that I need it to say. I have to modify some of those things to make it, you know, completely accurate. But I tell you what, it does about a 90% job of doing the things you want it really? to do without doing much modifications at all. So, you know, those are the plus sides. Are there a lot okay. of negatives? Are there negatives? Well, you guys, there's negatives with everything. I mean, there's negatives with, with cameras, I mean, you could use mm -hmm. it to, you know, to snapshot memories of what happens with your family, or it's used pornographically. I mean, you can go to one extreme or the other sure. on most technologies and probably say that about anything. Am I afraid of AI? No, as long as we use it in the correct ways. Now, I think the guys that are in, in the middle of it, like, like Musk and the gentleman from Google you just mentioned, Bob, when you're in the inventing side of it and you know the ultimate possibilities and how this could be, you know, how this could go wrong. Yeah, you're probably scared to death. And a lot of that will have to be flushed out as we go. But in, in its essence, is it bad? Not necessarily. It depends on how we use it. All right. So the machines, will they actually take over someday? We end up with a real-life matrix kind of world where the machines control everything. I suppose maybe that's what some people are thinking or worried about ultimately. But I've got to imagine – Roger, let me ask you. You're a pastor, as is Neil. Could you see yourself using some chat bot to or some some GPT thing to to, to basically write ninety percent of a sermon for you? No, uh, <laughs> the reason I mean, I, I totally get what John's saying. I mean, and I have a dear friend who works in the uh, in the broadcast world. He's a publicist. He's an acquisitions editor for a publishing house, and he also hosts a podcast. And he was the one who told me that uh, when I first heard about someone actually using this, John's, you're like the second person I know who does this. He said he put together, uh, just he, he entered some data into his chat GPT and within about five minutes, he had 35 interview questions for a podcast and he used a dozen of them. He says, the best interview I ever did. I mean, in terms of that kind of preparation, absolutely. But when it comes to, I mean, the, the, the question we have to ask, you know, are you going to use it for good? Or are you going to use it for evil? I, I think that the larger question for me is when does this take over and the artificial intelligence becomes the standard? It becomes the norm. You see how easily people can be duped into this type of thing. And, and let's face it. I mean, when the internet really first started to hit 20 some years ago, the amount of information that was on it, uh, doubled every 17 weeks or 17 months, or whatever it was. And now the, the amount of misinformation that's available, uh, to us, it's just it's staggering when artificial intelligence becomes the the way to you know kind of create this so-called fount of knowledge i mean i don't see how any pastor could use this and not have the technology take over you know where it's got to be 
God speaking to you through his word and through the Holy Spirit, and you're presenting the sermon as opposed to, yeah, I didn't have time to prep that much this week. Let me throw in a few <laughs> verses and say, Neil's chuckling because we all, we've, we've all been well, there, right? Uh, right. You, you know, yeah, you know that, but I, 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 that we have a chuckle about it here, but I think ultimately it, it is going to get to the point. It's not a question of if it is a question of when. It's probably already happening, guys. More yeah. Than uh, yeah. Realized. I was just going to say that. And uh, Roger, yeah. you're, I mean, you said, no, you wouldn't use it. And I want to say, no, I wouldn't use it. But I also think that the temptation at some point would be overwhelming to say, well, if I just put in, you know, a few sermon notes here and uh, oh, a yeah. few talking points and give it, you know, a, a topic of some kind, let's just see what it comes up with. And if it's, if what it comes up with is biblical and, you know, and creative and good and listenable, then I'm going to, I'll preach basically this. I'll make a few modifications to make it my own and then I'll right. feel better about it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I bet John's right. I think people are already using it. Well, you know, you know by, by the way, let me mention, there's people now doing virtual church, right? I mean, they've created virtual yeah. churches where your avatar can attend service. And I mean, why wouldn't people be using AI to create sermons, especially in that environment? You know, now now I'm sitting there wondering, I, uh, we're broadcasting this on Wednesday. Tomorrow, Thursday night, I'm keynote speaking at a Right to Life banquet here in Michigan. So tonight, I got to put together my talk for tomorrow. I'm like, man, could I just have like chat GPT, you know, hey, you know, give me some talking put some pro-life talking <laughs> points you know, you know speaking at church this sunday do i do uh, row, row, you know, I maybe think we should i think we should interview the people that are putting on the banquet and afterwards if they say it was the best speech you ever <laughs> okay, gave so, so really you know. quick <laughs> all right you guys really quick you guys will love this dear right, fellow, dear fellow just, citizens today i want right. to talk about one of the most fundamental and essential human rights the right to life the right to life is one of the most fundamental rights that every human being is entitled to it's a universal right that should be upheld and protected by all governments organizations and individuals around the world i just wrote your speech bob <laughs> i appreciate that thanks can i plagiarize you and of course no attribution you know <laughs> well yeah John that's GPT. probably yeah. i know exactly that's probably an indication based on what you said that that's not from the heart but uh well the second half of this podcast, we're going to be talking more about AI and many different aspects of this. And when talking about the unborn, remember, folks, as I mentioned to you before, if you haven't given yet to preborn, please do that now because preborn shows ultrasound images of these unborn babies to expectant moms. That's what keeps them from going to Planned Parenthood, folks. These, these women choose life almost all the time if we can get an ultrasound image in front of them. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody right now, decide how many abortions you're going to stop in your family. What's your family or your business legacy going to be? Here's how you do the math. $28 times fill in the blank. Come up with a number, whatever that number is. And that's going to be the forever amount of children that you save the lives of. 28 times whatever that number is. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. It's a tax write-off for you, too. So here's what you do. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. Or just give over the phone. They answer 24-7. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Uh, Also, we do appreciate you folks listening to this podcast and remember you can listen to past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts apple podcast stitcher tune in spotify you name it certainly crawfordmediagroup.net if you want to watch video of us you can do that at myhopenow.com and uh, neil and roger and john and myself bob coming up in the second half next this has been a crawford media group production 
continuing the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys. Roger Marsh of the bottom line for the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. John GPT Rush out of Rush Rees in Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. And we're talking all things AI. By the way, we do want to remind you folks as well. When you listen to our podcast, if you're listening on a regular radio station, sometimes they play the first half and the second half at different times. So you may need to go to the program guide of your local radio station and look and see where they, uh, where they play the second half there. But for right now, as we talk about artificial intelligence, so we talked about the chat bot things and which, by the way, uh, I, I, I've got a friend of mine, guys, as well, who does ministry, and she sent me this YouTube video, and it's a YouTube video of her, and she's it's probably about 10 minutes, and she's presenting this kind of gospel message teaching, and she says, guess what, Bob? I didn't record anything. That was totally artificial intelligence put that together yep. uh, because I, I loaded – there are images of myself right. and they can take images of myself and alter my – and so she looks like she's presenting a case and an argument for something and it's like, you she's didn't do this. You didn't record That's right. this. That's right. uh, my – I mean where does this go? Because there is a little part of me that's like, oh, okay, there's just a slight creepiness feel to this whole thing. Yeah, but a then, bit. you know, so I, I, mean, I mean, there I is and there isn't. I mean, on the same token, guys, when you start talking, you know, the amount of time throughout the world that is wasted on meaningless meetings where somebody just needs to give a presentation where, frankly, whether their presence is there or not probably doesn't matter because there's no Q&A. Could somebody put something together like that and save themselves an immense amount of time not having to go to all the different meetings and things that they would normally go to? I mean, again, depends on how we look at this. And how it's used. Are there benefits to it? Of course. Are there, is there, you know, a detrimental side to it? Of course. What the about two side of coin? Well, sure. but you know, let me also say yeah. that part of the other, the other side of that coin is that, you know, we bought into all of the modern technology that we currently enjoy, our smartphones and the internet and websites and everything, you know, that can be, and now chat beat GPT. Well, <laughs> um, got to figure that one out, but mm. you know, are we really do we really have more time think about it like people are spending less time with their families less time reading god's word less time doing what they really want to do because modern technology for all the time saving also promises that you can do more so people try to do more and it just fills up our schedule and i think we i think we bought a lie that's not going to stop people from moving forward with technology i think people love what they've got and they think it's so simple and everything else yeah and and really quick neil i would disagree with that 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 is Human nature, and it depends on the being, and I think that's something humans have fought for a very, very long time. In other words, time management and what they do on their own in their own spare time – and to okay. just accuse people because we have technology of using their their you know open time unwisely, no offense, they've been doing that since the creation of time. Well, check how much time people spend on their smartphones versus how much Not time people spend Not arguing that, but I don't God's know that word. it was any different prior to that. No offense, Neil, were they doing any more time in God's Word prior to the computer and the Internet? I doubt it. I argue yes. 
substantially, I, no. I don't know. I mean, people we're, were famous for faking ourselves out. I mean, as a country, we were in a different place spiritually. But if we were in the same place spiritually today as we were then, I would say no, they would have found something. Mm, John, else you don't think it, would, it was a lot easier for somebody a hundred years ago to sit down, spend a couple hours in their Bible, as opposed Shoot, no, to they today, had to light the like candle. Two hours? How do we do that? Shoot, no, like, they had daylight and candle restrictions. So no, it and they wasn't light easier. another. Can they light another candle? You know, but, you got but extra it, candles. But it wasn't even as easy to acquire the things that you guys are even talking about reading at that point in time. So, no, it wasn't any easier. Yeah, all right. Well, well, easier or not, but what, what was the practical reality? I mean, you had families sitting around the radio listening to dramatic presentations. Yeah, of, after the guy on the farm worked 14 hours that day and came home and might get to listen for an hour. Guys, it's no different. Trust me. It's exactly the same. It's a matter of time management as individuals and what we do in personal discipline. And no offense, the scripture's full of how to do that. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be an issue. All right. All right. You might be right, but I, I, I don't know, Neil. I think you bring up a very fair point as well. I just have a hard time believing that with all of the technology that's been added, and we tend to use it to say, I can now cram 10 times more stuff and activity into my life than I could before. Uh, it just seems like it's complicated life, and it's it's you taken know, away those those opportunities to just have some still quiet time. I mean, who sits around and whittles anymore? You know, it's just we, we don't have time for stuff like that. And it seems like well, we did have time for that before the advent of this level of technology. And the other thing is, look at how marketing has used this. I mean, if you watch a 1970s baseball game, you know, go watch. Uh, one of the games that when the Cincinnati Reds are in the World Series, for instance. And when the guy hits the ball to the outfield, see how much advertising you see in the shot while the guy's catching the ball. There's virtually none. Today, advertising is everywhere. It's on the walls of the outfield. It's hanging in the stadium. It's popping up or it's scrolling, you know, beneath the announcers while they're talking on the screen. It's, it's hitting our smartphones while we're trying to check the score of the baseball game. It's everywhere. We're getting blasted by thousands, maybe millions thing. of images. That's not a bad I, I thing, think it guys. Was, it's a I tremendous don't, distraction. What, what people have now, is more income they have a higher you know no no offense but they've got more more value in their life if you would and the ability to spend more on all sorts of different things and let's face it we talk about it all the time on all of our programs because of the things we're talking about the entire world is in a better place now than it was a hundred years ago the wealth of the united states has made the entire Mm. world better than it was a hundred years ago those are all good things uh, yeah. I, boy, I yeah, can't agree I with that. I think we're, really I think we're in a worse. I think we're in a worse place. No, I, I really guys, do. look far, at look at the entire world God. population and the income levels of each, and we're in a better place economically worldwide now than we ever have. But been. our John, hearts are our hearts are in an uglier place. A hundred no, years totally, ago, no, compared and, and I'll to disagree the, with that as well. Look at how much the gospel has been spread around the world since the advent of the airplane and the technology that we have that we wouldn't have had a hundred years ago, guys. I think the economic stuff is doesn't fit in this conversation. Jesus said, what should it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? I mean, The Bible it, it, talks about money than more than any other subject. You know that, Neil. Yeah, and the love of it. wasn't important, why was it talked it. about? Well, the love well, of it is the root of all kinds of I'm evil. not talking about the love of it. I'm talking about the use of it yeah, as a well, tool. Okay, but unregenerate man getting something like money in his hands is, is prone to greed and... Uh, 
and you know further acquisition of additional dollars, not necessarily and money in, relationship in a church's with Christ, hand that can spread the gospel around the world is a good thing. Yes, yeah. there's always bad to these things because we're human, fallen, sinful creatures. But there's Amen. also a good side to these things. Now, and there, there is a good sign. The question, it goes back to the original thing asked, is it a net gain or a net loss? And it just well, seems to me depends. that as far as our hearts and humanity and our relationship with God and what we consider truth and, and such, it just seems like overall it's been a net loss over the course of the last several decades. We've watched a dramatic decline in Western society when it comes to godly and biblical principles and values and what we value. And by the uh, way, that is not because of technology. That's because the communists infiltrated this country in the 40s. Okay, but I think technology has been part of the mix. I don't think it's because of technology, but I think it's been very much part of the mix. Yes, tech, there's good things about technology, absolutely, but the evil things about technology and the way that it can be used in an evil way, I, I do you think that that's that contributed to. You could say that about anything that's been invented, including the horse and carriage. I know. You know what? I, I get that, but I'm just saying in general, I look at the fruit that's produced in humanity right now, the state of the church right now, I mean, come on, we got a third of pastors that say that senior pastors say Jesus isn't the only way to be saved anymore. Uh, when I look at the fruit that's and the problem rot- of the church, Bob, not technology. Okay, well, what I'm saying is technology is part of the fabric of our society and how we function today. You look at pornography, how much more easily accessible it is because now suddenly it just pops up everywhere. It just, it seems like overall with all the good that technology offers, the bad that it offers has contributed to the fruit that's Produced right now. Bottom line, we have in the last few decades, we've watched a dramatic decline and a move farther towards Sodom and Gomorrah and ungodliness. And even in the church, the church has taken on the flavor of the yeah. world way more in the last few decades than, than I believe it has in the last 2,000 years. Well, I won't deny and so, that, but that's not technology's fault. That's the church's fault. There well, well, I'm, okay. I'm going I'm to point part of the fingers at technology here. but Yeah, and I want to point part of the fingers too, simply because, you know, we use it and it's a tool and yes it can be used for good but it also is being used for evil and by the way i think that at the heart of ai we didn't really bring this up before but i'm just going to mention i think at the heart of ai is the idea that we can be god this goes back to the lie of the garden that mankind can fix his own problems we don't need god look at look at all the technology we've got now oh and you know we've got cancel culture and that's going to make the world a better place uh we're just going to do away with all christian values and so then the world will be better is it better i don't i don't think so and we're actually losing our freedom in the process which is why I think it's important we support Alliance Defending Freedom. And I said earlier we need 40 people to donate $50 today at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. So if you would, please just click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner and take a stand for religious freedom. Here's why it matters, because it's working. I don't know if you guys heard about the school district in Arizona that illegally canceled a a longstanding contract they had with Arizona Christian University. It was a contract that provided student teaching and ultimately employment opportunities for graduating teachers. Uh, But the reason that, according to school board members, that they canceled that was because student teachers from Arizona Christian University represented a danger to the LGBTQ community simply because the students were committed to Jesus Christ and biblical values. Well, Alliance Defending Freedom sued the school district on behalf of the student teachers for blatant violation of their constitutionally protected religious freedoms, and they won. Praise God. Apparently, the Washington Elementary School Board came to their senses and agreed to settle the religious discrimination suit, put the needs of the elementary school children first, and once again decided to partner with um, Arizona Christian University's 
biblically trained student teachers. That's a huge victory. But it's becoming, in my mind, painfully obvious that we can't just sit by and literally give our freedom away. Uh, they protect people like us, like these teachers, these student teachers, free of charge, never charge a penny. So would you please donate right now at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. It takes less than 60 seconds to protect our freedom. And we got to realize that one day, this is going to be us. One day our freedom will be gone if we don't act. So click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Roger, you're like a quiet church mouse here. Well, I'm out of popcorn. He's been, like, he's been watching a tennis match. I've been, I've, I've been, I'm, out of, I'm out of popcorn now, so I may as well jump right in. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating conversation, really, is that the ACU case that, that Neil just mentioned, I, I, it really intrigues me because of the fact, to your technological argument, that two members of that council uh, that canceled the contract did so not because the students have been acting out over the past decade, and they were hiring people for school supervisors. They were doing all like a hundred ACU students have been hired, mm -hmm. but the fact that they read their statement of faith on the website, and they decided that if that were their actual statement of faith, then one of the LGBT students or faculty at one of their schools might actually feel threatened. And so it was all based on perception. It wasn't based on reality. And yeah. so, you know, it's amazing how many people are living in this world right now. And as we've been having the conversation about technology, good technology, bad, I mean, it really boils down to motives, doesn't it? I mean, if take a look, Luke chapter 12, the parable of the barn and the builders. And, you know, the, the, the Jesus says, you know, here's a guy who's, you know, it, it's a plentiful harvest and I'm going to build bigger barns. And finally, the Lord says, you fool tonight, you know, what you have is going to be taken from you because you're going to lose your life. But he ends it in Luke 12, 21. He says, uh, he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God is going to meet this kind of demise. And I, I realize that it's, it's so important for us as believers to say, look, the technology, Technology is not moral. It's not immoral. It's amoral, right? I mean, so it's, it's, it's all in how we use it. You can drive a car into a red light district or you can drive a car to church. Great I point. mean, it really doesn't matter what, what the, the technology doesn't have a soul. Right. The danger in AI, I think, is that it does. And one of the things I love about Dennis Wilson's commitment to us and to uh, his faith is to say, look, these products that are available on the market for you to invest in, don't have souls either, but if you find companies that are values driven, if you find opportunities to earn a profit and to then re, uh, reproduce, if you will, by reinvesting in the uh, the preborn investments that he makes in the the churches that he builds in Africa, I mean this this is the kind of company you want to place your your financial stewardship with, and that's why we've got a banner for Wilson Financial Advisors up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's the reason why you call eight hundred six nine six ninety nine seventy and say, look, I've got a four hundred one k, I've got an IRA, I've got a pension, you know, and I want to make sure that I'm honoring God with it. I don't want to lose any of this. And Dennis can f help you to find those ways legally to where you can make those investments so you don't lose money. And then you get extra added benefits that your bank certificate of deposit doesn't have. But your 401k doesn't become a 201k with Dennis Wilson. I mean, it, it's magnified. But the whole point is, how are we using it? And to both John and Neil's points, um, I think that what we're discussing here with the AI is, the technology can be used for good. It can be used for evil. The danger that I see is there's going to come a point where, I mean, someone was using, I mean, a, a more matrix example. I'm a little more old school. I think Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, where I, I can still see all those buckets and all those mops and all that water coming in everywhere. And the music sounds great. It looks like quite a spectacle on the screen until you realize it's out of Mickey's control. And there's going to come a point where it becomes out of our control. And then it does become an instrument of evil. You know, I mean, that that that's when the immorality comes in. So I, I think that's that's the tension that we're living in right now is, you know, it, it's amoral technology right now, but how is it going to get used and 
but for a few people, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you got the head of AI, you know, the, the godfather of AI at Google saying, I'm walking away because this is getting too crazy. That's a real red flag for me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, what about, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get you guys take on, on robots and the humanity issue and, and what we're seeing as far as the actual machines themselves. First of all, because there's a couple implications here. One of them are, are jobs going to start getting lost because machines are taking over jobs for people? Let's face it, automation, yes. this was a debate people were having. Uh, really decades ago. So th- this has been an ongoing debate, but it does seem like it's, it's moving into hyperspeed now as far as automation and the elimination of jobs. And John, you're the, the, the businessman here. Uh, it, d- does it get to the point to where, uh, can there actually be enough support jobs created to support the uh, artificial intelligence? Or is this going to be a serious rewriting of how employment is even done? We still have 10 million open jobs in the country. I think that speaks for itself. And granted, there are different types of jobs and some jobs that some don't want to do. But, you know, is technology needed in the business economically, you know, in the business community economically to keep us moving forward, even as a country? Absolutely, because we're not finding enough bodies to do some of the things that need done. I mean, even look at the way cars are assembled today versus how they were assembled even 30 years ago, the robotics that are there, even even the painting of a car now is all done robotically, you know, in, in the factories. I mean, the reality is the robots do a lot. Does that mean there's still no workers at GM or Ford or Stellantis or I can go down the list? The reality is no, there's still a lot of workers there. Is this going to have a shift and supplant some workers? Absolutely. Just like, you know, stenographers, you know, or, you know, people doing shorthand. I remember my mom back in the day doing shorthand for somebody dictating out a, a, you know, she used to do, uh, you know, term papers and theses and things like that for the university because we lived in a college town and she would have to hand type her shorthand, you know, into the thesis and these guys would pay her to do that. Well, of course, my mom is no longer needed to do those things because we've got technology that's replaced that. And with every one of these things that we have, people will have to reeducate and learn something new if they're doing something now that they'll be replaced with either automatic you know automated or robotically Hmm. well i'll tell you what yes uh, we need it yeah all right all right now in talking about the jobs and technology and even the issue of humanity and borderline cyborg kind of creations that are being created i'm kind of curious to get you guys take on that as we as we continue this discussion but first let me remind everybody when talking about humanity nothing changes in fact i don't care how realistic some robot is made to look human and mimic humanity and whatever. Only God creates a human being. And God creates that human being at the moment of conception inside a woman's womb. And you know something? Uh, a soul is implanted and this is a baby made in the image and likeness of God at any stage. We need to be protecting these babies, folks. We need to stop abortions. And we can do this by giving to preborn. Remember, preborn shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms all over the country in pro-life centers. They're the main group that does this. But it takes money to show these ultrasound images. All right? It doesn't come free. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images to save one baby's life. So that's why I ask everybody listening to us right now. Everybody have some skin in the game, okay? Have some amount of babies that you're responsible for saving the lives of. What is that number? I don't know. Pray about this. Look over your budget. It's this simple. Take $28 times fill in the blank. 
$28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number you put in there, if it's 10, that's $280, that's 10 babies. If it's 100, that's $2,800, that's 100 babies. I don't know what the number is you can afford. But come up with something, maybe a number God lays on your heart, and then that's the amount that you give in a one-time gift, and your forever legacy will be that's how many abortions our family stopped. So here's how you give. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY baby just mention national crawford roundtable when you call we appreciate you folks doing this let's save these babies lives as we talk about artificial intelligence what about the the human mimicking i because i'm curious uh, roger and neil to get your take on this especially as pastors when when you look at some of these robots now and the facial expressions that they're making it's getting pretty close to data on star trek and, and uh, i i predict that we're not that far away from from laws being changed that allow somebody to quote unquote marry their their robot you know I mean, there's already this <laughs> oh, entire no but you know what though let's think about this right now there is a huge industry called sex bots okay where and that, I know this is Christian and so we don't focus on stuff like that of course but this is actually a growing industry right now. And it's like, okay. And so it's not that much of a stretch that people aren't going to, quote unquote, start falling in love with their robots, if you will. And I just would not be a bit super. Come on. We're, we're, we redefined marriage back in 2012 in America. Uh, right now, we're saying men can get pregnant and we're gender confusing children with drag queens. Is yep. it really that much of a stretch before yep. Gavin Newsom out in California says, you know something? We need to start letting this man, you know, love who you love, not just who you love, but what you love. You can't, you can't, you can't, confi- you can't put love in a box to just one gender or to one species or to, you know, and how do we even define life, blah, blah, blah. I, I could totally see artificial intelligence creating a marriage industry for human, robot, and they'll come up with some other well, word, some synonym for robot. And if it goes there and it's likely to go there, then the next mm-hmm. thing along the line is bestiality. You're going to see Oh, everything. it is. Totally it's is. Just, everything is, you know, all morals, all values, all biblical principles go out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple things real quick, and I'm sure Roger wants to weigh in, maybe John as well, but, you know... I saw an article recently about, you know, where we're headed with telecare and telehealth, and it's terrifying because chatbots are going to be diagnosing our problems and prescribing medications. I mean, we're actually moving in that direction. Yeah, in some cases, they do a better job than the doctor does. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know a story about a little boy I actually talked about this on the air. It was a three-year-old little guy uh, now, but uh, when he was born, his heart rate was out of control. He holds the record at Buffalo's Children's Hospital for 308 beats per minute. I mean, it was Ooh. it was ridiculous. And the doctor who needed to attend to that situation, they tried everything. They tried every drug to try to stop this heart. He said, there's only one thing you need to do. Now, he was in a car talking on a cell phone, but he told the staff in the emergency room, he said, here's what you need to do. You need to put a plastic bag over his face and suffocate him. At the same time, put ice on his forehead, creating what essentially is um, an artificial brain freeze. 
And for some reason, that shocked his heart back into reality. They tried electrical shocks and everything, but it shocked his heart back into reality. And that little guy, hmm. Max, I call him Super Max. Um, I've, I've high-fived him. I hugged him. I saw him. I mean, he's, he's a miracle. But would anybody take that? Would the emergency room staff listen to a robot telling them to do that? Like, I would think hmm. that the robot had become demonic or something. But I want to read this real quick. Revelation thirteen eleven to 15. Listen to this. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. The beast had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. And this beast exercised all the authority of the first beast and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, beast whose mortal wound had been healed. And the second beast performed great signs to, to cause even fire from heaven to come down to earth in the presence of the people. Because of the signs it was given to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image of the beast that had been wounded by the sword and yet it lived. The second beast was permitted to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship it to be killed. I mean, I don't know what that's referring to, but man, in the context of today's conversation, it's like, what? (laughs) Anyway. Roger, chime in if you would real quick. We only got about like 30, 40 seconds left, but your thoughts on on humanity potentially being redefined. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, and, and we see this, and it all stems from our desire to try to be God apart from God. You know, instead of having a relationship with him, we're trying to become him. And uh, I'm speaking for mankind on the That's whole. Right. And, and therein lies the difference. I mean, the difference is you, you come before the Lord, and either uh, the stone lands on you and crushes you, or you fall and are broken to pieces, and then God puts you back together. And for those of us who are part of the broken chosen, uh, who have been restored, uh, we all we can do is go into all the world and preach the gospel and the good news right. that we are not to become God, but we are to become gods And uh, in yeah. terms of possessive. And uh, that's we're, we're at that point right now. There, there's well, no I'm, turning back. I'll tell you what, we're so narcissistic, and the idols today, it's not a Baal or a Molech, it's self. We're so self-idolatrous. I'm just waiting for an industry to pop up where you can have your own self created into some kind of a bot or robot or or whatever, uh, almost a clone, a technological clone of yourself in some way. I would not be a bit surprised if we didn't have some kind of thing like that happen in the future. Who who knows? It's, it's a crazy world, but you wonder how long until Jesus returns, but nothing changes. In fact, Jesus is still on his throne. He's still Lord. God is still in control. He's not surprised by any of this, but uh, but we are getting closer and closer to his return. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, we also want to remind you, folks, we want you to support the sponsors to this podcast. Okay, support Dennis Wilson Financial. Okay, support ADF. Give to ADF. We need you to support Preborn. Give to Preborn. Fund these ultrasounds. Don't forget, take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is. That's how many abortions you will literally stop. This is how many babies' lives you will save. 20 years from now, you'll be able to say, hey, back in 2023, our family was responsible for saving X number of babies' lives in their walk in the earth today. So $28 is what it costs to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. You're paying for these ultrasound images through preborn. So go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. And you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. $28 times whatever that number is. Is it 10 babies, 100 babies, 1,000 babies? I don't know what you can afford. Uh, $28 times that number. You can also give over the phone. You can call right now, 24-7, 833-850-BABY. You'll talk to a real-life person 24 hours a day. Call now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. 
And we always appreciate you folks listening to us. You know, you can watch video of this podcast at myhopenow.com. And of course, you can listen to this episode and previous episodes wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it, certainly CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh, The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Uh, guys, always great talking with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to have my well, chatbot takes over. Know the difference. I had to take, uh, have my chatbot takes over. That does, you know, sometimes you can do what you got to do. Hey, try I'm to imagine the world with another Bob Duco. Hey, I'm, uh, there you go. oh boy, <laughs> hey, you know, I just I want to find out if this thing can do show prep. Okay, that's what we got to find out. Chat GPT show prep. Uh, anyway, guys, great talking with you. Look forward to uh, next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.